Good people. Happy October or sober October or Sobtober. Subtopper. Sober October. Sobertober. I heard someone say it last night. I sat down at dinner with like seven people after a gig, and like four people were doing sober October, and he said it very clear, like Sobtober. Sobertober. Oh man, I guess that's not my game. Anyway. I hope everybody's doing their thing, going with the flow, or remaining super serious and sober and doing whatever they got to do. It's October, early October, the best month in New York City, unquestionably. After Halloween, I always think, like, why don't, why don't we do this once a month? Like, this is, the weather's great. You have a whole city of thespians and people who love to be in costumes. Like, why don't we do this more often? Anyway, I'm having a sip of my passion fruit liqueur. Um, I hope you checked out the Rosati podcast. That one was cool. The, this is a, a continuing theme here with my dear friend and amazing songwriter, Matt Krahula, a.k.a. The Nightmare River Band, a.k.a. Matt Krahula and The Nightmare River Band. Um, <clears throat> like, Rosati's leaving. Matt is leaving, and he is actually leaving as we speak. He is posting Instagram pictures. I believe last night's was, or no, this morning's was from Michigan. Um, <clears throat> looks like he's on a Bourdain tour. That's uh, that's cool. Uh, <clears throat> Matt is the dude. Matt, I knew that he was leaving, and we always, we talked about this, like, oh, Matt, no, 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 do this. You just released a new record, Stormville. And I was like, oh, we got to do this. We got to do this. And then, like, just some Monday morning at, like, 9.15, right when the coffee kicked in, I was like, oh, my God, I got to call Matt. And I called him right, you know, right when the coffee's buzzing. And he answered the phone, and he was like, hey, Paul. And I was like, Matt what are you doing? And he was like, like, like right now? I was like, yes. What are you doing right now? And he was like, uh, I'm going to get my social security card. And uh, I was like, well, that's no good. We got to do a hang. We have to do this podcast before you leave. So it, it really worked out perfectly that he was just like, how about tomorrow? And that was a Tuesday. The day after, a week or two ago. So it really worked out perfectly. So Matt, thank you for making the time on a Tuesday. And um, it was great. We had multiple beverages. I had a LaCroix, a cup of coffee, and we even had some Hawaiian tequila. So Matt is moving to Hawaii, bro. Aloha. I love the way they speak in the vowels. Aloha. Um. So that I'm thankful that this worked out, and I have another person, another traveler, get on the way, you know. So Matt is the dude. I was in the band with him, the Nightmare River Band, for a little while, and he's still carrying on. He's just doing what he's got to do. He's originally a bass player, and then he became this super, you know, heartfelt songwriter. 
which reminds me of like, I remember thinking I was coming late to songwriting, like when I was 20. And, uh, you know, the professor was like, yeah, people come, come late to writing. You're like right on time. And now as I'm watching it like more and more, there's even people now are like, oh, I think I'm going to start writing songs. You know, so it's like, there's no rules to that. I think you can write songs and write and create whenever you want. As my wife said, anybody who writes is cool to me. So he, he feels like he came late to this, but I mean, he's, he's really, really a very crafty and talented songwriter. And he's super modest in this. He's like, oh, you know how I learned about choruses? I'm like, man, his first album of his first songs is like such a good, strong record, which is worthy of your time. There's, you know, he's three albums under this. So check them all out. Matt Krahula, K-I-R-A-H-U-L-A. And that reminds me of the Krahulas, who I want to thank. Matt, we didn't talk about your parents at all, but Matt's parents are like diamonds. Matt's a diamond. They're just straight gold. Consummate hosts. You'd come home from a gig and they would just have like a feast, like a tray of chicken wings and a tray of lasagna and a tray of potatoes and beverages and boom, you're just like, what? And then you'd like wake up in a comfy bed and you'd come downstairs just like, here's some eggs and here's some more bacon and have some French toast. You're just like, wow, is this heaven? So thank you to Matt's parents for all those wonderful meals and hangs. And Matt's the same way. He's just an awesome dude. After we did the hang, we had some wine and got Greek food and went for a walk in the park. The cover picture of this will be in the, the rainy, rainy park walk, you know? Checking out the falling leaves. I guess I better check that second chord out, huh? Um, so, yeah, the first song that we'll play you in with is called Black Teeth. Badass tune. You're going to hear it. We talk about it. And then the second tune that we'll be playing you out with is called Arkansas to NYC. Uh, we spent like a night or two nights in Little Rock, which is a rad, rad city that should be on the list with like Burlington and Austin and Boulder and Asheville. Just a fun, cool, hip town with cool people. There's that natural pop there. Um, and that song is cool. And we talk about that night a little bit. And Matt, he's a world champion. Uh, enjoy this hang. I hope everybody has a wonderful Sobtober. Sobtober. That's probably what it would be. Sobtober. And enjoy this. Look, I'll play you in with the five chord for the first song of the riff. Have a good day. It's all about love. It's all about love. 
Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are with the great singer-songwriter, my dear friend, and an awesome dude who has plenty of beverages right now here in Queens. Give it up for Matt Krahula. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, how are you today? I'm doing good, Paul. How are you? I'm very happy that you're here because I called Matt yesterday at like 10 in the morning in a, in a panic, knowing that he was leaving very soon. I was like, Matt, what are you doing right now? And he goes, you mean like right now? Right, <laughs> right this second? He's like, I'm going to go get a social security card. I was like, we need to do this podcast before you leave. And you're like, how about tomorrow? And I was like, tomorrow. And here we are right now. So thank Today you. Is, is the tomorrow. Today is now tomorrow. That Paul dreamed about yesterday. <laughs> It's amazing how that works out. You're just like, how about tomorrow afternoon? I was like, I'm not doing anything. Perfect. Exactly. And if we had tried to schedule this in advance, we would have been like staring at date books and been like, no, there's so many options. And so. it never, <laughs> yes, I know. It's like, oh man, this thing came up on Friday. Can we reschedule it? <laughs> yeah. The New York City thing. So usually I start at people's beginnings, but with you, you're at the precipice of a great change. You just released a brand new album, Macrahula and the Nightmare River Band, new record called Stormville. Correct. And you're simultaneously <laughs> leaving New York City. That's right. Uh, all of that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot. Was like, that was, hey, let me dump on you right away. Take all of this and run with it. Yeah. That, uh, that pretty much sums up what's going on. Yeah, I got the new record going on. Uh, we just released it at Rockwood Music Hall a few weeks back uh, with your lovely hosts here, Paul Madison on guitar. Yeah. Um, and uh, I am leaving New York. Um, I am going to be traveling cross country at the end of the month. Um, and then flying to Hawaii for the next couple of years to uh, try something a little new and different. Yeah. So that's that's so much. You get to take a new record to Hawaii. What yep. kind of, like, all right, we have so many things open on the table. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's start with a new record. Sure. Why don't, why is it named Stormville? I might know the answer, but maybe I feel like there's a story here because we can bring... We there, can bring the bears up right away. <laughs> there is, yeah, there is a story. Um, a few years back, uh, unfortunately, it started with kind of a tragedy. Um, the drummer, longtime founding member of Nightmare River Band, Seth Falk, otherwise known as Falk Tor or the <laughs> Seth Berg. Seth Berg. Um, he, uh, his mother, unfortunately, passed away. Um, she had been battling cancer for many years. And uh, he inherited his childhood home. And a friend of ours from college, um, Rob Cleveland, was kind of brought into the mix to help Seth renovate the house and, and get it ready for, um, to get rented out. And maybe they could, they could use it to, um, you know, at least make enough money to keep the house and, and keep it in the family. Um, so while he was renovating it, he had all the walls and everything torn apart. And it was down to just you know, the bare bones and the open wood and everything. And uh, Rob, who is also the guy doing the construction, is also a very good recording engineer. And it kind of dawned on him that it would be a great place to make a record. So he called me and Seth, and we set up a studio in 
I guess what you would call the great room of mm -hmm. the Falk farm. The Falk, oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, that farm is in, it was a uh, horse farm up in, uh, up in Stormville, New York, which is like upstate about an hour and a half north of the city. So uh, we recorded almost 20 tracks there and um, decided to name the album in uh, response to that yeah, atmosphere. You must have, you guys, you just must have had that trip memorized. You were just up there crushing tracks. Yeah, Will, we, <laughs> you got Kenny Warren on the record. I was, you, it kind of like, I was like, I don't, you do, there's so much going on in New York. And then I was like, what? You finished this record already? <laughs> you just, you're silently slaying it always, you know? It's funny because uh, it, it felt like, uh, like it all happened so quick, but we were actually working on it for like probably close to like two and a half years. Um, and a lot of the, even though the, the basic tracks, like we did all the rhythm and, um, and, and vocals and stuff up in Stormville. But like when we brought in people like Kenny, uh, we didn't want to have to subject everybody to the like two hour drive out of the city. So we made arrangements to do stuff closer to New York. So like, yeah. I know when Todd Caldwell played, he, he keeps his organ in a, uh, he has like a setup in a rig where, so we just went to him and uh, he was kind enough to let us then come to his apartment and track his beautiful Steinway piano with Jacob Plekis. So, oh yeah, uh, and like Kenny, I think so. You got Caldwell and Plekis. This is just the mercenaries, bro. You got yeah. like the killers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, it was funny because they were both pretty much said the same thing about each other. They're like, oh man, like I can't believe I'm playing this part when Plekis is going to be there. And like, and then like, you know, Plekis was like, Oh, I can't believe you're having me do this one. When, when Todd is, and he's going to be there. Yeah. And I was, you know, it was just kind of interesting. The mutual respect is obviously very high up for both of them. Yeah. They're both monsters. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing, man. Yeah. Cause it's like you, it seemed, it felt like you were just working on it, and then all of a sudden, it just like was here, you know, from my, where I was in the thing. So it's like amazing to think that a record just appeared, you know. <laughs> and there's like there's about six or seven songs that just aren't on the record too that we've released as singles and and different, uh, and we'll still have a bunch coming out. Like I have a song that was called "Stuck in New York City" that I felt very hesitant to release while in New York city. Mm -hmm. Cause I was kind of felt like it would be like betraying my fellow musicians while I was still here to be like, to write a song about like how hard it is to play music here and, and create and try to balance, you know, getting, getting by, you know, financially and different things. So I'm going to release that the day I leave. Uh, <laughs> So stay tuned. New York, you're like, <laughs> all right, we're done here in New York. It's, I been, just, it's been real, motherfucker. I, I didn't want to stand on stage and play that in front of the New York crowd. Because I, I have so much love for New York. It's the greatest place on earth. It's the best. Um, yeah. But I think anybody who's lived here, and obviously you're a musician, you know how hard that side of things can be and how hard it can feel, you know, like at times. Yeah. It's nonstop. It's a nonstop slugfest. Sure, sure. That's so funny. And Matt and I, because we're dear friends, we talked yesterday. The first single is technically Black Teeth. Yeah. Yep. Tell us about that track. Uh, it's about you getting wasted. <laughs> I, you <laughs> know, I always think of like the wine mouth 
thing, you know, when you drank too much wine and you're just like, yeah, and you see yourself in the mirror, like when you're like at a party and you're like, what the fuck, what the, <laughs> ah, ah, you know what I mean? I don't know if I have too much plaque and I need to floss more. Like. That's why I only drink wine with a straw. <laughs> uh, not in New York City, though, obviously. Yeah. No, we're going straw free. Not in New York. Probably not in Hawaii either, right? That's, yeah, that's right. Well, it's they like have those uh, recyclable straws now, like the paper ones. The paper ones. Using, I think. Um, but yeah, that's the opening line of the song is black teeth. I've been drinking wine all night. Yeah. Also, I, you know, I didn't mention it in this, in the song, but it also dyes your tongue red wine. Yeah. Yeah. I only do wine with like Italian food. Okay. I don't know. So <laughs> is it fr- like, tell us about the track because it's got the incredible rhyme scheme. I really do feel like that track is like a nice sweet spot in your writing because you were like such a heartfelt you have like this character that's so honest and heartfelt and like fucking crushing like emotional dude and then you have like rager fucking you know like <laughs> 99 just like let's rage <laughs> you know what i mean and black black tea, it kind of feels like a nice sweet spot of like a combo combo of each of the characters i don't know if that I, you feel I, that I, way i but. do agree with that yeah and i i feel that way about a lot of the new record um you know, the first record uh, we made called The Cops, I thought, was like, um, you know, it falls into being almost a, like a punk record, but it, it has an Americana punk thing going on. Yeah. And then the a second... rockability. Yeah, a little rockability, like, but aggressive, but still like... And then... There's still song. Yeah, yeah I, and I think like Last Goodbye got away from that quite a bit and became more of like just an Americana, like alt-country record. Yeah. And I feel like this one kind of combined the... Uh, the feel of both of those into a really nice place. Um, I, I, you know, it's, I, with black teeth, especially like, I remember going in and that was, I know that was one of Seth's favorite tracks going into it. And, um, I remember, uh, saying like, I really want this to sound like if Tom Waits had hired queen as the backup band, (laughs) I thought like, and, uh, like we had, that's great. We had like Shara doing this like operatic Shara Raiden for those of you listening. Uh, the great Shara doing this wonderful operatic like human biology yeah, thing yeah, yeah. in the back, and yep. it like came off exactly how I wanted it to. So I'm pretty proud of that one. Um, and something about you in your writing too is like you're a you're you're always writing and you're always having all these songs and you, you have so many songs. Like how many songs do you have just open on the table you're working on right now? Right now. I mean, if we were going to go in the studio to start a new record, um, I'd probably have like 30 or 40 to choose from. Um, so you're just always writing. Yeah. Not like I used to. Um, usually I'll, I'll write like in bunches. So I'll, I used to write every day. And now once I record, like, I've been kind of slowing up because I have like those 30 or 40 tunes that need to be recorded. But yeah. once I track a few of those, I know like it's just instinctually I'll write like another batch. Um, and I have I have a batch of songs that I co-wrote with with my friend Sierra for another project, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to track a few of those coming up. And um, I'm always writing. I like I love co-writing now. I Actually, that song Black Teeth was co-written, too, with um with a buddy of mine from high school who, uh, he was showing me some of his like poetry notebooks and, uh, we, I just was like, saw some lines and, you know, we had, we, me and, uh, me and him wrote like a different song years ago. And 
when I was trying to finish Black Teeth, I was like, man, we had this this great bridge from another tune that I would love to just transfer over and use that as the bridge. So we didn't actually sit in a room and write it together, but mm-hmm. like he's definitely responsible for that bridge, the wonderful Mac Gleason. I'm throwing so many names out. I hope whoever's listening, I hope I'm you have a pen. just trying to not drop this name right here and this name, and you don't know. You don't see all these names. Yeah. Get a pen and paper, take notes. This is like a... Motherfuckers. Uh, you know Caldwell, like Crosby, Stills, and Nash? Yeah, whatever, he's on my record. Sure, uh, you know her, right? Uh, like, yeah, we know these guys. I, and I, I'm saying it to you, and I'm using like first names and stuff. That's why I had to go back and be like, "That's Cher Raiden." Yes, no, because I'm true. like talking to you, and I know we know all the same people. And then I'm like, "Well, yeah." For all those wonderful podcasting <laughs> like, people out there, like, all right, about? these guys are just chilling. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Well, I think no, because I got to see that song in different phases of the writing. I got to see behind the scenes of you as like an artist, and I remember you we doing it. And it was like a little baby song. You're like, yeah, I got this idea. And then I was like, oh, it's a fucking theology rhyme. And like, it was like, oh, this is fucking, this is a, this is a cool track, you know? And then like, I, I don't know, whatever happened two years later, I'm like, holy shit, this song has like <laughs> grown the outro. Do you remember what I, it could have been? Yeah, I remember we were at a rehearsal, we were going to do it. And uh, I remember I brought a few songs and actually you said, um, Come on, dude. We've done enough slow songs. Don't you have anything that rocks? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's me. I'm sorry, bro. Yeah, but you were right. And it definitely is like, I think when we do it live, it's like one of the highlights of the set now. <laughs> You're fucking with me right now. Well, there was a period of probably right in that period where I was like, man, you only get one ballad a set. Like, you only get one. You only get oh, one. absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, because it's like, it's like you got to just plow down. I, but... But I'm getting into slower music and mid-tempo music in my own thing. It's taken me many, many years to understand the depth. I think that Radiohead show that I saw in July, I was just like, oh, this can be a thing. It's a different thing. Yeah. It's not a dancing thing. I think if you can... I think it's harder to go to a show by a band that you're unfamiliar with and see like four or five slow songs back to back because it just starts to get monotonous. But if you're going somewhere and you're like, oh, yeah, that next tune is November Rain. Yeah. And it's like, I know every word. <laughs> and they, like, they, finally. And they put it November next to Rain, another. Loud. And they put it next to Patience. You know, you're not going to complain that you got to hear both of those songs. No, you, you speak truth. And, dude, Let's be real. Probably at that point in time. I'm trying to justify my own statement now. Yes, we're... Uh, Nightmare River Band, you guys would always go on last. You're the only other band that goes on last. You're like, yeah, we'll take the 11 o'clock slot. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, give it a... We'll do it. Yeah. And then you would just plow everybody over. I mean, I do believe before Bobby and I played with the Nightmare River, he has a permanent injury from jumping off the stage at... <laughs> Spike Hill during a night. He still talks about it. He's like, man, oh, my knee. And he's like, he's still fucked it's up. It's going to rain today. <laughs> it's going to rain. He's like, you know. Because uh, that's, you know. So that was. And we're back. Sorry, I quick pause. The <laughs> siren went off and it paused the track. So that track is fire, dude. The track is fire. And the listeners will already have heard this. So we already made this like a predetermined this. Usually awesome. I don't, right? <laughs> Usually I'm just like, oh, maybe this is. So you would do You're like, this is good because they already know it. And then the song that we'll end this with, which we already decided, which 
I was there. Tell us. Oh, it's called Arkansas to New York City. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, he was there. Um, yeah, there's so many good things tied around this song because it was it was a really fun tour. It was the K Lion tour. K Lion tour. Where uh, <laughs> so there's a lot of fun uh, documentation of the shenanigans, um, and we uh, yeah we were we were playing in Arkansas and we played with this like ridiculously awesome band called Booyah Dad. Booyah Dad. And I remember like coming home from tour and like. Probably every time I hung out with Paul from then on out, we talked a little bit about Booyah Dad at some point. (laughs) They're such a special band. First of all, it's like two massively huge men (laughs) who could drink a ton of beer and they get on stage and play like just simple, super fuzzed out riffs with his gigantic, beautiful, apparatic voice. And it's like... He's like the coolest version of Jack White. It's like who Jack White dreams to be. Like Jack White goes and rips off JR's shit and then everybody else is like, oh man, this Jack White's doing shit. It's like that motherfucker really is that shit. You know what I mean? Like, He's so good. He writes the realest tracks. And Popping so and locking at the country show. show. Dude, those dudes were that whole night. And as I was telling you on the phone yesterday, like it really made me where like when you say Midwest, right? You can't call someone from Colorado Midwest. That's like an insult. They're like, man, we're the West. And I'm like, how the fuck are you the West? That's like <laughs> you're in 10 the middle. Million hours <laughs> from the coast, you know? Yeah. And then we were in Arkansas talking with these dudes after the show. And I remember this so clearly because number one, they were drinking us under the table because they ease I mean they they have a hundred pounds on Seth, I think. You know what I mean? Like they're like giant Viking men. And we're drinking, and then I was like, yeah, you know, being in the Midwest, and we're like, what are you talking about, buddy? <laughs> and they're like, this is the Mid-South, right? <laughs> Arkansas. That was Little Rock, right? Yeah, it was. That is the Mid-South. And I also, so he defined Mid-South for me, and he simultaneously defined the difference in a very clear and articulate way between hick and redneck. Right. And he's like, you know, like a hick is someone who's maybe, you know, into politics and is intelligent, but still has fun, but lives in the woods. Whereas a redneck is an ignorant asshole, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like you can't say redneck around here. That's like an insult because they're like cool hipster dudes. And I mean, hipster in the most positive connotation possible because, you know, so. Yeah, there it's definitely there's definitely a difference. And you see it. You see it when you interact with people. I guess it's the difference of somebody you might want to hang out with and somebody you probably don't want to. Yes. No, 100%. <laughs> yeah. And since you and I are both upstaters, yeah. It, we really can relate to that concept, right? Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because there was... What was that comedian? The dude you might be a redneck if... Jeff Foxworthy. Jeff Foxworthy, right? Because that was... We're in high school. That was a big joke. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. And it's like your level of up, like upstateness sure. or your redneckness <laughs> is like always like, ah. I probably didn't think I was a redneck in high school, but now I. But you probably it. knew or knew of somebody who did something on, in one of those jokes. Yes, like, like 100%. <laughs> I remember one that was like, if you turned off the paved road, if the directions to your house say turn off the paved road, you might be a redneck. And I was like, that's like so many people I know. Yeah. That's like everybody. <laughs> I don't know. That, so, 
another, I have weird, clear memories of that evening too because he took me out in his like Cadillac Eldorado (laughs) to get gas and cigarettes. And there was a little lake there and we're in fucking wild. Do you remember the tattoo? They have a, they have a ton of tattoos. I don't remember. Oh, he's got the, the big Arkansas tattoo, right? Markinsaw. Oh, that's right. His name's Mark. And the Mark and Saw tattoo. Two penises or something, right? They all had penises? Yeah. Ejaculating tattoos? Wasn't that the thing? I, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> A little wreck. So what happened to you? You weren't even hanging out that night, bro. I was, Not that we well, have to I was, bring this all up, but it is sure, part of the sure. I was, I was in and out of the hang, but the uh, I remember one clear part of the hang was when he explained how they named their band Booyah Dad, which like cracked me up for a long time. Apparently they were like, they were like partying at a lake house. Right. And, uh, and the, the dad was like, no matter what you do, nobody jump off the dock. <laughs> Cause like he, he didn't want them to get hurt. And, uh, and apparently like five minutes later there, everybody was cannonballing, cannonballing off the, uh, dock. And when they were in the air yelling, booyah, dad, like, <laughs> And that always that's been like the one of the big memories I had from that that night. The other one being the inspiration for this song, uh, which was just a very lovely lady uh, that that I met while we were there, and uh, she um, we just hung out and got talking and had a lot in common, and uh, we, it was uh, she left kind of a, a mark on me, and we stayed in touch for a little while, and I, I wrote her that song when we left. As like a, um, it's, it's too bad. Too bad you live in Little Rock and I live in New York. That kind of thing. Yeah. So, and I sent her the song and she loved it. It's cool. Years ago, I sent it to her. That yes, that is. We're all settled down, men. I was freshly married on that tour, and I was out there with just three slayers, just three. Three monsters, man. Bobby <laughs> Bananas then and Bobby Bananas now is a completely different character. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. I was around you, motherfuckers, being like, these cats are animals. <laughs> and she she was a little darling, a little like beautiful pinup yep. 1950s. Oh, I, for I sure. remember like wasn't her dress like polka dotted and she had like a thing in her hair. I think. And we were all just like, that is like cutest girl ever yeah she was very cute yeah very cute that's all i remember and then you weren't hanging out and then i was just like i was infatuated with jr i was like jr hold me hold me in your arms take me where you you're going to get cigarettes i will come with you so that was paul's version of arkansas <laughs> yeah, new york yeah. city was someday uh someday i'll be back jr jr <laughs> it's like i still follow him on instagram that's like what like seven years ago probably that f- yeah six years ago you know i saw him just a couple months ago i was in austin and he came out we had a nice time hanging out mm. he's still as cool as ever i'm sure it's just the dog yeah uh yeah he's just just the man what was the metal band that the bass player was in? Uh, it was called Iron Tongue. Iron Tongue. And they were like kind of a big metal band. Yeah, I think that they were like a... I'm not like... You'll probably know the correct terminology. I think it was like slowcore. Does that ring a bell? Maybe grindcore. It Grind? was... but I, Something slow? It was like... He was calling it slow something. Yeah. So I think it was like a spinoff... Of the genre of grindcore. Yeah, like just super sludge metal, like. Yeah, exactly. I remember because we ran into him when uh, 
when we were at South by Southwest that year too, uh, he's, he's obviously like almost seven feet tall and he's got a massive beard. So you notice him when you're walking around. They're literally giants. (laughs) And, uh, I just saw him and I was like, yo, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, my band is playing, uh, is it Emos? Is that the name of the club? The big club in Austin? So he was just like. Stubbs? There's so many clubs there. Yeah, it's the other one next door, but it holds like, you know, 3,000 people and they were opening up for like the headliner at South by. So it was. Yeah. I was like, oh, I didn't even know you did that, but that's awesome. (laughs) That is awesome. That is awesome. That is, and that's a great song. So we'll end this up as we close out and I'll play that for you the listeners it's a great song <laughs> and it's that's a that's a great trip you were also the one I think the first time I really played with you was in uh, at South by Southwest that's true that was that same trip that was that same trip yeah yeah I ran into him like either just before or just after we played because he came to the show but you didn't know him yet at the monkey the Chugging Monkey, maybe? Chugging Monkey, Something yeah. like What's that. That's 6th Street. It was the yeah. one with all the barrels everywhere. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you're, you were such a, <clears throat> like a South By veteran. Just to, <laughs> That's true. At the to, time, yeah. Yeah, you were just <laughs> like, all right, everybody relax. We're going to go get a beer. It's noon. We're at South By. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> here's how, you were like, just, here's how South By works. And then I was just like, fucking South By is awesome. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yo, that was such I didn't a, get it at first. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a, a special time. That was such a good time, too, because that was pretty much, I feel like, when the no rules saying <laughs> in our group of people was coming coming into its own. Mm-hmm. And we were yelling no rules, like, back and forth, like, all weekend. And when we were parking the van, that guy was like, we were like, no rules. And the guy was like, you need to pick up your car by midnight. <laughs> and we were like, one rule. <laughs> That's funny. Just so people know, right? And so here, we can start to move into the past. Because you have, you're a classically trained bass player. Literally. You literally have a bachelor's degree in classical bass. I do. Right? Literally. I literally. You literally. Yeah, I know I do. It's like funny to look back at, right? Like my classical, I look, I tell it to kids and it's like so removed from who I am now. Yeah. I I guess that's what I did. And then you're. You were probably always obsessed with songwriting, but you really made a choice as like a young man, like I am going to be a songwriter. I'm pursuing this. Yeah. So at like 22, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's funny you bring that up. My mom asked me the other day if I missed playing in orchestras (laughs) and I like really had to think about it because I wasn't sure because I I loved doing it while I was doing it. It was in and I still can remember how great it feels, especially in the bass section. A lot of times You've got like, depending on how the room is set up, you're like right in the mid, like you got the horns blasting and it's, it's like a really cool uh, experience and I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. But I also, I think I just got burnt out from it in college and I was playing in that, in a group called Fireflies and, and I really, really wanted uh, them to play some of my songs but I knew my writing wasn't nearly as good as any of the other writers in the band yet. Mm -hmm. So I just, I was writing songs every day, sometimes two or three times a day I would sit down. And, um, and actually you're probably one of the first people I shared any of them with. I don't even used to live in white plains and I came by one night and me, you and, and D bone sat on your porch 
and played songs till probably like three or four in the morning, oh, just yeah. shredding them back and forth. Yeah. And I just remember uh, that being probably one of the first times I shared my music with anybody. And um, yeah, I, I did. I definitely moved from that classical area and never, never really looked back. Never looked back. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so, well, I essentially started writing all these songs and by the time I got my songs to the point where they were probably competitive with the other people in, in the group, um, we were kind of wrapping it up and, and we almost, uh, made a third album, which would have had a bunch of my tunes on it, but that ended up becoming the first nightmare river band record, mm. uh, called the cops. So, and then it just went forward from there. That's, well, see, I didn't even know some of that stuff. Or maybe I knew it and I just forgot it. But that's interesting because, so what Matt's talking about, just for our listeners who are not SUNY Purchase alumni. Sure, sure. <laughs> Fireflies was the band at SUNY Purchase, the all-star band. Every one of that person in the band has gone on to great success, you know? The Adam Crisco, right? You. Yeah, the gal. The Will Farr <laughs> and the Mr. Dan Romer. Sure. And Andrew Futrall. Futrall, yeah. Futrall. Was there someone before him on Keys? Right, that was... Uh, yeah, Mike McGuire. Mike was, McGuire, that's right. Yes. He was in it. Um, and obviously Seth Falk. Oh, of course. The I Falk mean, it tour. It goes, goes without saying that. <laughs> the Falk is synonymous, yes. Sure. So, yes, because right in the later years of that band, you guys won like best band in the world, that Emergenza or whatever. That's, yeah, yeah, best unsigned band in the world. In the... <laughs> In the in the universe, I think they actually said, because uh, because they are emergenza and they can yeah. you make their own rules for the competition. Yeah, they could call it whatever we, they wanted. We got a free trip to Europe was the real <laughs> the real thing. Was that festival? It was in Germany or something. Yeah, right? yeah. We we played in Rothenburg and ended up like the prize was essentially that we opened up for for Pink and like Gogol Bordello at a big festival. So in Germany. In Germany, yeah. It was definitely the largest crowd I think any of us have ever played to. There was about 10,000 people there. Yeah, that's a big yeah, it was fucking room. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not a room. It's like a Eurofest. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, like, it was a big outdoor festival. It was huge. It was, that was the prize. You guys are on top of the world, and then <laughs> you guys break up. Like the classic rock Like a year story. later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, and then what? Two new bands came from that band. Dan... Basically moved right to L.A., right? That was yeah, he, he moved into the production and film score side of things. And I, he still writes. And yeah. obviously, I, he's so good. Um, yeah. And so much of production is writing and arranging, too. So, And especially, I mean, the film score stuff is all writing. Yeah. So. And then uh, Will is doing Hurrah, Bolt of Light, which those guys are. He, Will's the first guitar player on your first record, right? He plays on... On half of it. He, half of it. And the other half is Chris. And the other half is Chris, yeah. Uh, the only person other than me and Seth to play on every record is Dan Romer, actually. Because mm. he, he produced the middle one and he played, he actually played bass on the first one. And Did he really? accordion yeah. on the current one that we're starting to, starting to push out there. Yeah, it's great. It's great that you guys are all still close. You know, I did have a dream recently. I was telling you this, guys, where I wanted like you and Will and Seth to just be this trio that carried on the light. You yeah. Know? But that probably can't work. So. Well, we did it for a while. We played trio for <clears throat> probably like a year and a half. But like 
you know, we were doing that more from a stance of like these gigs pay enough for three people. <laughs> kind of three people. Yes. If we really stretch it. <laughs> so, yeah, and it was fun playing that that way cuz that's the only time I've ever played bass as a frontman. Uh, getting your sting on. I, yeah, and it I never wanted to do it cuz uh it looked like it was going to be so hard and you know what? It like was pretty hard. <laughs> I enjoyed doing Fuck, it. It was hard, but yeah. like I, I definitely had to work at it and, and practice so that I could do like rhythms that weren't necessarily lining up with a vocal or like you know, certain things were obviously pretty simple, and then other ones you had to, you had to put it on that slow down on the metronome, mm-hmm. you know, get that. Lock on the that songs in. that you wrote, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean that's funny to think about. It is, yeah, because like when you're just strumming a guitar and singing, it's just so natural because that's how you wrote it. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a funny thing, man. Like, but, well, to tie in your classical training, you learn how to practice and break stuff down and make it possible, you know? Absolutely. Like that, you, that's what it trained you to do. It trained you to become Sting. That's you know? exactly. You know? That's Bob, uh, Bobby Bananas. That's like his, one of his first memories of me because we were both bass students yes. and we would share the bass room at purchase and he would come in there and uh, his, all his like early memories were I would get there early. So I got to use the bass room. Cause like, obviously you remember practice rooms were so hard it's, to find. It's very competitive at the conservatory. Yes. And uh, so I would be in there like whipping work with like, and he was always, he would always laugh cause I would have like a metronome playing a click and then I would have a drone note going to like check my intonation on everything. And it was just like this science lab that he would walk into and I'd be in front of the mirror and he was just like, I think he just thought I was insane. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the classical musician thing. You're getting, yeah. you're like perfecting this thing. You know what I mean? You're making it so goddamn perfect. You're training you- to be in the world's oldest cover band. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's good. And they're all dying now, right? Like yeah, a lot of the orchestras are closing down. Broadway uses tapes oh. for a lot of stuff, like playback. I know, I know. It's uh, that's sad. You know, the yeah. live music element is a really nice thing in those shows. So. It really is. It's it is it is a tragedy, and these are things I try to like explain. It's like, man, music is not zeros and ones. You know, like I was just listening to old. I'm li- I've been listening to like, <clears throat> you know, that band. Um, Split Ends and Crowded House, the Finn Brothers. Sure. Like just 80s. Yeah, yeah. And it's like you still hear drums. You still hear the mistakes. And like there's something about your ear that you just like, it's like, I like this. Yeah. I like this better. And then you like listen to current pop and it's like everything sounds the same. Everything's so perfect. You're like, oh my God, I hate this. Why do I yeah. hate this? Like, you know what band I always liked <laughs> that you hear? Well, there's a couple that you just hear the mistakes all over it, but it's like charming. The Steve Miller band. There's like, you know. You hear the guy hit like the drum mic or like whatever. <laughs> like and uh Crazy Horse, Neil Young's band is like so sloppy. So sloppy. <laughs> like and Pearl Jam, right? Those Pearl yeah. Jam records are like messes. messes. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. But it's like charming. It's so and beautiful, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's not supposed to be perfect. Did you take some of that into the new record? The new record's it's got some it's got some, you didn't suck you didn't Asshole suck the fucking all the humanness out of it, right? You I know? don't think so. I think we we got a we captured a nice balance. We tried to track 
we did all the rhythm tracking live. Yeah. So on parts of it, uh, Bobby's playing bass, parts of it I'm playing bass. Mm -hmm. But the drums and bass were all tracked live together. So there is like, we captured a little bit of a human element with that. And I, you know, I, it's hard in this day and age to not end up when you see something a little out of time to just nudge it because it's so easy. It's so easy. But like we did try to capture feels. Um, and by, by doing that, like, like for instance, um, the last track on the album, uh, Smoke Settles Down, like the groove is, is definitely behind the beat. So like, and we, we really were like aiming for that kind of like the band feeling. Mm. And um, there's a couple tunes like that on the record where I where I think it really it paid off to track the rhythm together because it, it created a feel that you can't do by just like quantizing something, you know. Yeah, and that's something we have to carry on now, right? I remember yeah. doing that on an album, and then someone's like, "Oh, I mean, this sounds like demos," and I'm like, "What? <laughs> Listen, you LA fuckface! Like, <laughs> no one's gonna check out your songs anyway." And no one's checking out mine, so whatever, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I know that feeling. <laughs> That's a lot of people are like, when I, I tell them, that, like, yeah, I've been like a professional musician for like X amount of years. And they're like, oh, do you have a demo? I'm like, well, I have three albums out. Like, demos aren't really, it's like a kind of weird thing that everybody can make a record. So, like, who's making a demo? Like, I guess people do it. I guess when you try to like, sell your songs you probably do it oh that but, thing okay. but as like an artist if if you're paying all the money to record something you release it you know that's like how i felt yes no i see what you're saying like a songwriting reel or a demo or something like right that. right here's my hundred pop tunes that could yeah, yeah i wrote this one for rihanna man this one like <laughs> yeah i could hear Katy perry doing this one actually like yep do you have any interest in trying to pursue that world I do, what's, actually. What's the future hold? I know that you can do that because oh, you're so you. committed to writing and you clearly have demonstrated this is how a song goes together. I know how to put a song together. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's... Well, I, I learned from, like, I learned from, like, playing with some of the best people, yourself included, and people that know how to arrange and, and, and write and, like, understand that chorus might be more exciting if it's a little bigger than the verse and like things like that and like little things that maybe when you hear something you take for granted but when you really try to capture it you have to decide how somebody else got it yeah. and um i remember the my obviously one of my biggest learning experiences was playing with will and dan and fireflies and those guys pretty much taught me you know everything i know about writing and yeah. uh, when i was in high school I was in a band called the 66 Mo's with, with my friend, Matt McWaters. And, uh, and he, he was doing all the writing and I was playing bass. And it was another case where I was like, oh man, I'd really like to write a song and have played in this band. And, uh, so I started writing songs and he was like, well, yo, these are cool. Like this is nice melodies, but like, you don't have a chorus. And I was like, oh, so I would be like, I went back and I wrote, a bunch of songs with choruses. And that was the first time I ever thought about the fact that like, oh, there's different parts to these songs that I like. And so then everything I wrote had a chorus from that point forward. And then a couple years later, when I was working with, with Dan and Will and Fireflies, I brought him a couple songs. And, uh, and Dan was like, oh, that's a great chorus, but it doesn't have a hook. And I was like, oh, yeah, there's more to a chorus. There has to be the part <laughs> that like, and so that was like, so I tried to put a hook everywhere at the end of a chorus or somewhere in the chorus. 
And then lyrical hook, melodic hook. And then yeah. I would hear some of Dan's music and I'd be like, man, he's got hooks scattered throughout the song. So I Everywhere. tried to add yeah. them throughout. And then I brought some stuff to Will and, and he was like, and I was like, Will, what do you think about this? And he was it's like, what do you want me to write it for you? <laughs> <laughs> Will, in his loving, hating, fuck you, I love you way. And that's yes. what it meant if Will thought it wasn't there yet. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to write this fucking song for you? <laughs> Oh, that's it's so not, it's well. not there. Will, uh, like, he's like, he would say, Oh, it's not there yet, Matt. And I'd be like, Oh, what do you think it needs? What do you want me to write it for you? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Well, dude, I'll play it for you. I mean, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> we, are, we are here. Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's fucking funny, man. Because for those of you who don't know Will Farr, he's he is literally the sweetest. Dude, ever. And he has the best, always, his heart is always in the best place. But how Will gets there, he might just fucking piss everybody off. You're like, what the dude? He's like, fuck you. And you're like, what, dude? I was just. And then, but like, and you look at Will's actions and he's like, oh, he really just meant the best. It's just like, he just doesn't care. He's like, he doesn't care. So I, I like, I like Will too. You know, something I learned from Will, and I bet you did, uh, you know. It's like when we did the tour with Will was the sound man on a tour and he would always just kind of sneak off and take the guitar and just be working on a song and like yeah. singing and making up a song. Yeah. Oh, he's, I think he's constantly. He's constantly writing. It's like um, maybe a therapeutic thing. You sure. know what I mean? Or like uh, it's just something you do, you know, do you, is that how you approach your writing a little bit? Or is yours on paper? It sounds yeah, sometimes, like, like um, sometimes I'll just like hear like a phrase and and like you know c- certain phrases just feel like they have a melody. Yeah. And I'll just start from there. Or like sometimes I just force myself to sit down and write. It really depends. I do a lot of writing in the car. Um, because I I really don't listen to a lot of music in the car, and like when I'm driving by myself, I either listen to like sports talk radio or like nothing. So like really? the nothing times I, I often will like, just like kind of hum melodies or and then I'll, like, I'll go home and figure out how that works later, you know, or sing it into my phone. So I don't like, so I can revisit it Interesting. like later on, but that's how a lot of my songs have started in the car, in the purple plum. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. No, I think that's, that's interesting because <clears throat> I always think like, the car is like such this unnatural environment. <laughs> you're yeah. like in a can, speeding, you're like, ah! You get like to your survival fucking sure. brain. You know what I mean? Like you have intense conversations with your lover or something. You're like, oh my God, <laughs> I love you if we die right now. So that's interesting because I... Turn waste. Turn waste. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, dog. Like that's the interesting thing because... See, I, I get like a loop right now in the car where I'm like, podcast, nothing. Sure. Music. Same song again. Phone call. It's like, uh, I'm in the technology loop. So it's like, that is a good place to turn off. Even you, this past Sunday, I was like, I'm going to not check any. I just want to let my brain I, I also like work really late. So when I'm driving home from work, I have like a 25 minute drive. It's not a super long drive, but like yeah. there's no cars around. And like I've been sitting in a bar all night, so my ears are like fried from Crushed. noise. So yeah. you just like 
I just zone out. And a lot of times you're in, in, that's when I'm in the car alone too. Or like if I'm going back and forth to upstate to see family, I have like a lot of time alone. Like if I'm in the car with my girlfriend or like people, like obviously I'm, I'm not like everybody be quiet because I'm working on my songs. <laughs> you ready for a <laughs> I'm perfecting my art. <laughs> I am working. This is my office. <laughs> That's so funny, dude. <laughs> well, because, you know, I was when I was thinking about hanging out with you, another thing about you, I think you and me, I'm not like we're both like these. Rowdy guys. Yeah. Right? But we're, we we hang out around 10 usually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I think something about you is that you are this really, there's the opposite of that where you're quiet and you listen. I, I remember being like, probably giving you shit, getting in your car being like, this is what you listen to, bro. <laughs> you know, like, you like, like, beautiful, the music that really stirs your heart is, like, relaxed beautiful soft spoke you know what i mean like i literally get in the car and fucking pump my sugar and like yeah. hate earth i'll listen to fucking stranglehold by ted nugent on 10 for like 45 minutes on repeat because, like or achy breaky heart i know <laughs> well, you like that one i do like that tune but that's not like a driving tune sure sure right because i think but i think that's something that's interesting about you is that you really have this like quiet part of Matt Krahula. It's, it's funny too because that's kind of the music I always thought I would be trying to make. Yeah. Like the stuff I listen to like Neil Young, Cat uh, Stevens, um, you know, people like that. I always thought I would be writing something closer to that. And I think I do write in that vein but then I always bring it to, you know, the people that I work with and we all keep adding and arranging and like it with every step the the product gets better yeah and so i've never fought it like to be like oh it has to be this because i know i'm working with some of the best people around and if they're telling me that this is this sounds awesome then i 100 percent believe them you know it's like and also it's a it's like it it is a little more interesting when you really get in and you arrange something and instead of just being like, we got a bass, we got a guitar and we have a drum set and let's just play the song. Like that can be cool too. And that is cool often. Um, but I think in this day and age, people are looking for something a little more. A little more produced. Yeah. yeah. It's a competitive market as we well know. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, yeah, dude, the, the whole songwriting world, it's like you got these cats who can... <clears throat> 18 year olds who can produce fully slick sure, sure. There. they write like Dan Romer beautiful melodies and hooks all, and you're just like yeah, yeah wow that's cool but at the same time as an artist right we have to do you you can only be Matt and you do that too I think in your songs like you keep your personality there you haven't like sold out to yeah I, I, I like <laughs> to, to think man. so too yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah absolutely I, I was recently in a situation where someone played me a new song and I was like oh is this like the is this the new Ed Sheeran like they all all the new songs sound like a watered down shittier Ed Sheeran I'm like man you guys have you have you got your balls cut off by the industry and they won you know so thank you for not you know what really made me realize that's true too the other day um I was talking with uh with my buddy at work and you know the bar that I bartend at was empty and we were talking about like how good Boys to Men was. 
So good. And I was saying that I, and I don't, uh, you know, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure they're the, the last boy band to not use autotune. If you really think back like mm-hmm. that, and if it wasn't them, it was that era. Yes. And like, we put a bunch of those songs on, like the end of the road. And I was like, man, this is incredible. <laughs> and then you compare it to like what's going on in, in that, you know, the R&B kind of boy band pop thing. And I, I do feel like there's nothing that sounds that cool. They're all kind of imitations of each other now. Yeah. The same way like what you're saying where, where it feels like all the new songwriters have like a this is what Ed Sheeran sounds like kind of thing. Mm. And they also, I feel like the Avicii song has been copied a lot oh, where they Christ, everybody yeah. throws that thump and kick drum behind a normal country <laughs> song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole thing. We don't have to go down this whole dark road. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is a real thing. It's like about, you got to be like a cute looking person and it's about the... They all even kind of look the same. Like, if you look back in the history of pop music, it's like Queen had a look, Kiss had a look. Everybody sure. looked different, and their bands sounded totally different. Now it's like all homogenized. But I think about this, like, we all look at the same shit on our phone all day. It's like, yeah, to stand yeah. out, it's like kind of hard to do right now. The, the you know? interesting thing about those bands you mentioned, too. Now, Kiss was different because they had a very stage thing going on which let them live like normal lives outside of it, I think. Mm-hmm. But if you look back at like, uh, like Queen or like any of the, the, like those bands that really have a look, it wasn't cause they like, you know, they, they weren't just doing that on stage. That was like their life. If you saw them at the supermarket, that's what Freddie Mer- Mercury was wearing when he was <laughs> like, you know, going out to buy a guava plant or something. You know, yeah. like, I don't, it's like, that, and like we had a manager with um, with one of my earlier bands that told us that she was like, you need to, you know, you need to have a look, and it's not just for stage. It's for, you should show up somewhere and people should know you guys, and be like, wow, they look like they're here together, and this is this is like a thing, and people will want to know why. Mm. I don't know if that's true. It, it didn't work for <laughs> we we tried it. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting <clears throat> because, you know, I've talked about this with people before because, yeah, yeah, Mick Jagger is living Mick Jagger. He gets off Keith the Keith Richards, same yeah, way. Same. Like, Those guys are that character. And then there are artists who, like, do you think Prince, I feel like Prince might have been. Man, that's hard to say. He's such a deep, in, but that's an interesting it's thing. It's hard to walk around Minneapolis like <laughs> that. <laughs> it's, it's like that Chappelle skit where he's playing basketball. Yeah. Fucking, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Game there's there's different artists. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny that a manager said that to you because I feel like our friends in the Lost Bandoleros, bro. You know what I mean? They were just mm-hmm. normal dudes. Clearly, management said, "Derek, you're gonna wear this hat." Because I saw sure. normally he's like wearing the hat. I'm like, "All right, you guys are living the look." Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Which they're doing their thing. You can, you're and I. And that's the only positive will. It's like do that, go yeah. do that fucking thing because it's awesome. And they sound like a singular entity. You know what I mean? Oh, they're incredible. It's an incredible project. <laughs> they're yeah, they're as as good as they come. Yes, that was last August. The show we yeah. played. Oh, yeah, that was had. It was last summer, right? Oh my god. 
All right, so let's talk about Hawaii, bro. You're doing let's it. Do it. You're doing it. Macro I just want. Rule. I just want to point out before we go to Hawaii. When we were talking on the phone yesterday, and and right before we got off the phone, I was like, oh, so like, what, what do we? Uh, what's your format? I've listened to a couple of your podcasts. What's the format? Like, do you have questions? Are we gonna like just rap for a little while? And you were like, yeah, yeah, we're like we're like friends, so I'm sure we'll have something to talk about. Like, we've known each other forever. And then I was like <laughs> thinking, like, yeah, that'll probably work. And I like looked down, and we had been on the phone for an hour. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I think we'll get through this. <laughs> no, that's funny. I was walking around the gym for like a half hour. You like, didn't even right, have to go in. You I got, got your cardio go on the phone. <laughs> And I was like, I think they're looking at me like, is he going to come in? <laughs> that is funny. No. You're like, I told my wife I was going to the gym. I just got to, I just got to wait it out here. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. All right. That's true. We're, yeah, no, I don't know. Well, what, Hawaii. Hawaii. <laughs> I'm super excited for you, right? Because you. you're going to go there. We went there. You just become a Hawaii file. You know, just it's the easiest place to fall in love with. I think, yeah, I think it's going to be incredible. And I know you've been there. I, I never have. Uh, so this never. is going to be, we're going in cold, but coming in hot. Yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to commit for more than the 10-day jaunt that every honeymoon yeah. is. You know what I mean? You're like, all right, fuck it. We're going to go. And hang out for a little bit. And what I've been telling people too is like, I've always, well, for one, I've always wanted to live on an island. I thought mm-hmm. that would be awesome. And, um, and I, I also thought it'd be like, not just to go there and like, and if you go there for a week, it's cool and you love it, but you're on the resort, you know, you're doing the, you know, I'm going to go see Diamond Head and I'm going to go see this beach and that volcano. Yes. I'm I'm really excited to be there and like search out those gems that you only know because you've been there and somebody is like you, know, you should like go check out this beach that you like hike two miles to or like just the the things like I was telling you about this like um, kayaking trip to like a deserted island and like I'm excited to have enough time to not have to like rush through everything and and I'm also excited to see the music scene there because. From what I hear, it's pretty cool. I mean, it, it's they did invent the lap steel, which is like something I'm pretty excited to be around people that that can just slay on the lap Crush steel. Crush some beautiful lap steel. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it has so much. I mean, right? Hawaiian Hawaiian culture, kind of post World War II, became like like our obsession. Right? There's an American fascination. They didn't become a state to what like. 49? Yeah, I think somewhere around there. Or it's 59. It's somewhere around there, yeah. And then I always think what was... I even thought this when I was there. I was like, Hawaiian music is so similar to country and western and swing. This The slide elements. Yeah. The acoustic guitar. And then, you know, it kind of like starts coming together. It's like, wait a second. Did we bring our instruments? And we took theirs. And it was kind of this swap of sounds and feels and concepts. The writing is very folksy. Very folksy. Um, yeah, there. I mean, there. I'm just excited to dive in, and a big part of it too is is. I had always planned to leave New York soon. I had a. You've been talking about it for years. You were going to go uh, yeah, to Cleveland. I was. You were going to go to Nashville. Nashville. Yeah, upstate. Upstate. 
which you do own a, a place upstairs. I do, yep. yeah. Um, and I've just, I've always wanted to be trying to cut my teeth in like a smaller market because New York, New York is just. You have the best, some of the best talent in the world, obviously here. It's an international proving ground, yeah. It's, right. It's a- and uh, but at the same time, you're competing against them, and I, I, for years, have gone. We we toured relentlessly for like five years, and I saw what some of the other music communities were like, and there were wonderful bands there, and there, and then there were bands that weren't so wonderful that had like hundreds of people coming out to see him play because that was what was going on that night. Yeah. And it was a smaller a smaller market. And I always thought like, man, it would be really nice to try it somewhere else and see if see just see what happens. Like, you know, Honolulu is is a fraction of the size of New York City. Yes. I think there's under a million people mm. in the city. I don't know. That's not a number that I'm confident on. <laughs> <laughs> It's definitely smaller than New I York. I literally just definitely made that number Definitely smaller than up. LA. Yeah, it's definitely not ever in the top ten list. Sure, of yeah, yeah. American cities. Yeah. But and I and um, you know, I've I've seen like just awesome bands coming out of all these other cities that like they go to a smaller city, get the attention of a bigger crowd, which in turn gets the attention of a bigger audience overall. Mm-hmm. And I I just wanted to see if that would work for me. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. I st- there's still a lot of you know, luck involved in, in a lot of hard work, regardless of where you do it. Um, so it'll be a, it'll be an adventure to say the least, if not, you know, moving forward with my career, I'm sure I'll have a lot of inspiration for some new songs and, and, uh, I'm definitely going to document everything like blog about it and, and maybe do some video blogs and that, that kind of stuff. Try to make some music videos there. I mean, the scenery alone is worth having in a, in a video. Oh my god. It's visually stunning. The air, you know, I remember reading about Jack Johnson talking about the the air feeling like a blanket. I think I told you this that I have this like I have uh papillary conjunctivitis. Uh, it's like this flaring of um the whatever the blood vessels in my eyelids are. I have, and it comes from touring, actually. Did you know that? Like, no, I didn't. I would wear my contacts for like 900 days in a row. <laughs> like, you know, wake up and just be like, oh, let's go. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that's from touring. That's just like a, uh, <laughs> that's a hygiene thing. <laughs> it's partly a hygiene thing. I think like on the road, though, when you're on it's the road yeah, yeah. and you're just like, fuck, I can't go change my contacts right now like, or whatever, you know? So, yeah. I, don't, I can't say it's totally from. In, in my tour sure, move but. is anything that you have that like you need, it goes into your shoes. So yes, that like you're the you, shoes. Uh, Chris Anderson does the shoe thing. Yeah, because you can't put your shoes on without remembering without that remembering you have that stuff. Your phone, you need it. Your wallet, wallet keys, keys, all that stuff in the shoe. Yes, yeah, that's a good one. That's a classic. But I wouldn't put my contacts in my shoe. No, you can't do that. Well, you always did the glasses. I did. Yeah, I had contacts all throughout high school though. And you don't do them anymore? No, I haven't done them in years. I got too lazy to do it in college. And then everybody, when I started wearing the glasses, like everybody was uh, making the comparison that I looked like John Lennon. And I kind of pretended I didn't like it, but I was like, yeah, that's right. (laughs) 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 The truth comes out. (laughs) Well, speaking of glasses, I feel like my current glasses, you know, the fucking big Rick Rosses are very inspired by 
your father's old ones that you wore. <laughs> yeah, and I then, still have those. Yeah, I was always like, I remember you wearing those and be like, that's fucking badass. Like, if you're going to have to wear glasses, like, why not wear tinted fucking <laughs> aviators? You know what I mean? I yeah, like, those are coming to the island. <laughs> yeah, you were doing that before anybody was. Like, yeah. that was, and you were like. Okay, not before my dad. He, <laughs> he, yeah. he started it all. He started it all. <laughs> so when, So your eyes, though, you're. Did Hawaii like heal your <laughs> eyes? Healed my eyes. Do you get the that ever anymore? So or it was pure that I could wear because when you're young, you have perfect eyes, and I would wear yeah. them for eighteen hours. A sure, day. and sure. I would take them off. I, I think it's just overwear. I can't blame touring. Yeah, but I don't think it helped it. And then your eyes become the uh, allergy season. Oh yeah. So right, so the fall, spring, just and I'd still try to wear the kind of blah. Uh, so when we were there. My eyes were like just healed. clear, like yeah. The air is just like so. I, that dumb Jack Johnson quote, and it's like it, it's like warm, and you're like, what the hell is this? You know what I mean? Like so pure, and I got this whale tattoo. Oh there yeah, that's awesome. By Leilani from Atomic Tattoo in Maui, and she's still there. So I hope you actually go there. Well, we're going. We're definitely going to be bouncing around to all the islands. Like we. You know, we've been looking at how cheap it is to go from island to island, and it, there's like no excuse if we're going to be there for a year or two to not make it to all the main destinations. I know some of the islands you can't even go to, but like, like um, Nihil or Nihil, Nihil. Nah, yeah, that's the one that is like blocked off for the like ancient Hawaiians are still just living ancient there. Hawaii. I was just reading all about that. And didn't we like fucking blow a bomb up there and it broke the water source in the whole island? There's something so horrifying that the American government. No, did. that one's been protected for a long time. There was like this, this like royalty basically bought the island. Like, um, they, the story is, it sounds like the story goes like they, they basically went in, took over and kind of made the locals, the Hawaiians, conform to what they wanted. But then the when... The missionaries, like back in the Cook Yeah, because they're all like... like 17? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then like when the family, uh, when the rest of Hawaii was like being developed, they got some kind of clause saying that nobody would come and mess with the Hawaiians living on that island. So like they're still like just... Op, they're off the grid. They live off of like, um, like generators and stuff. And some of them go to the mainland and will like download movies on Netflix and bring back. I was, we were reading all about it a couple weeks ago. It was really interesting. But the funny thing is they were trying to preserve like ancient way of life, but it feels like they preserved the, the way of life that like this, like aristocratic family, like kind of forced on them. Yes. Okay. Okay. Actually, you're re refreshing this in my brain a little bit, yeah. Specifically the one that starts with an N. I think that's what the island... the tiny one off of Kauai. Yeah, you can't even... You can't set foot on it. They'll, there's like boat trips around it. But around you, it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is fascinating because it looks like it's so close. You know, the perception on water where you're just... Right, like, right. Because I, I told you that story where we were in Kauai and we just drove and drove and drove and then we saw that sign that said... Hawaii is not the United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> and that's such a fascinating thing that we just came there and like raped the fuck out of those islands. Yeah. But then we're like, oh, no, no, no. You, got, no, you guys can do your thing, but you have to do it right here. Like in this <laughs> tiny, like, we're going to put McDonald's and Starbucks here. But sure. Like, you know, so, but whatever. 
I was reading last night a fucking what to expect if you move to Hawaii thing. Just okay. Because I'm so psyched for you. You know what I mean? It was just like, number one, funny, they call flip-flops slippers, which I thought was funny. Yeah, I've already sure been corrected one. about 15 times. Uh, every time I put mine on, my girlfriend is like, they're called slippers now. Get used to it. Roberta's <laughs> <laughs> just like, no, that's how it's going. The other thing that I've I felt there that I think you're going to obviously immediately step into is just the insanely slowed down pace. You're coming from the fastest place probably in yeah. the world. And like we, when we landed, get the car and I was, you, you couldn't go over like 35 on the roads. Right. And then there was traffic and we're all just driving 35 and you're like, <laughs> huh? it's like, I'm going, it's like Brooklyn. You know what I mean? You're like, I'm going to pick up my friend and it's two miles away, but it's going to take me yeah. 45. They mentioned that in that interview you sent me, the Joe Rogan <laughs> interview. Yeah. They talk about like, you know, don't drive like you're in LA or New York. It's just, you just got to get on Island time. You got to just, <laughs> you got to accept that. Yeah. yeah you're still going to, you know, mass of humanity, like how it, gridlocks and slows everything down it's like you're still feeling it there but you're relaxed and happy and that beautiful thing you know a similar thing came up at work too a lot of you know a lot of the customers that i've known for years where i bartend have said like oh you're going to be the fastest bartender on the island because everybody else is like kind of just like yeah we'll get your drink soon like <laughs> <laughs> they're like yeah you'll find a job no no problem you will find a job no problem right <laughs> An interesting concept that that uh, my girlfriend Roberta brought up too. We were driving upstate the other day, and she said, "Are you going to miss road trips?" Yeah, there's no road trips. And I was like, "Wow, yeah, the longest road trip where we'll be is like an hour and a half, yeah. where you basically circle the island." Mm-hmm. So there's, and especially somebody like me or you, who's, you know, like a four hour drive to me is nothing because we've done on the road like 12 hour drives in we've done them in like 12 hours and 15 minutes like you know where you're like booking it because you know you got to get to the next town and you so anything like under four hours just has never registered to me as like an inconvenience but that whole concept was kind of gone unless i'm like i got a gig tonight i'm gonna go lap the island three times so that it feels right like <laughs> I'm leaving at two. I got to play at seven. Yeah, I'm playing next door. <laughs> yes. No, I've heard that. The Matt and I, pre this recording, we're talking about surfing or blah, blah, blah. The guy who was talking to us about the surfs when we were there, he had the Hawaiian Islands tattooed on his arm. And I just was infatuated with this. That's guy. a great tattoo. That sounds yeah. cool. Because he's like, Hawaii on GPS, man. We're here. You know, and he's like... <laughs> I can't do the Hawaiian accent on command. I could do it when I was there. What the hell was the point? Oh, he took his whole family to the States and they just drive around. Really? Yeah. He, so it's, it's the opposite of what you Yeah, they're like, let's go about. get an RV and yeah, see the country. Yeah, yeah, we're going to go to the Grand Canyon up to, you know, whatever, Yellowstone. Yeah. Head over to fucking Chicago and eat deep dish. Like, just to drive. Just Absolutely. To, just experience it. Just to do it. Yeah, because we can't do that shit here. Which Or like seeing snow. You know, snow where like for people in the middle of the country when they're like, you know, 65 years old, they've never seen the ocean. A lot of, you know. That's, that's crazy. Wherever you are, there's always that one thing that, like, probably more than one thing, but many things that just aren't, you can't experience where, 
where you are. Yeah, which you're going to get a lot, which is yeah. something like I always read because I've never experienced island fever per se. Right, right. So my brain, I can't even conceptualize what that is. Like, I'll, I want you to call me. <laughs> when I'm gotta, getting it. You're like, like dude, right, man, I have the fever. <laughs> I'm freaking out. I got to get off this fucking island, dude. You know what I mean? Like, I, I have never experienced that. And we live on an island. Yeah, that's true. Here we are. We're on Long Island. It's Manhattan. I don't know. You know, I, you feel a little bit trapped, but it's just like so intense here. Yeah. Like, yeah. You drive and we're away. But like, I can imagine that if you're on a tiny island, you're like, I can't get out of here. <laughs> I think. And when you think about it, too, we're really lucky. Um, and a lot of New Yorkers don't even know this because they're from the city and maybe haven't ventured around New York State. We grew up upstate. So I think you probably have a very similar experience having lived there and now living downstate in the city. New York as a state has so much to offer. So much. It really covers like an expanse. Like we were talking that you've been out surfing like a ton of times in Queens yeah. this summer. And, you know, I know you go upstate and, and shred the water skiing tip too up, skiing. In, up yes. in Big Tupper. Mm. And like... You know, like we have like mountains and oceans, lakes, hikes. It's really amazing how much New York has. I, I think no matter where I go, I'll obviously it's my home first and foremost. But it's it's, I think it, it's just like my favorite place. And uh, doesn't mean I don't want to experience another place. But oh like no, it, of it's uh, I I don't see anything ever topping New York. For it might me. suck but you back, dude. It and might, it, yeah, yeah. And Roberta is. A full-blown bred and... Yeah, born and raised in Queens. She is the real deal, man. Yeah. She'll be back. There's no, you know... She's yeah. going to listen to this, Roberta. <laughs> I'm sure she is. back. <laughs> Queens is just like, come back. All right. All right. I think another thing, aside from, like, the geography of it, is, like, you get really comfortable with the food in New York being just slamming on every different... Oh, man ethnicity of food like you can go get the best indian the best italian the best korean vietnamese you know no like it's out of control yeah. anything you want if you can think about it there will be a restaurant on yelp that gets like five stars and like you know you know what i mean you oh yeah you bring up my like <laughs> number one pet peeve is one someone from Texas or California is like, it's just, you know, the tacos aren't the same. I'm like, oh, yeah, the tomatoes, lettuce, and cheese, it's totally that much different, bruh. Like, the Mexican thing, I just don't get. You're like, oh, you're 10 minutes away from Mexico. It's, yeah. They're all here, too. And I'll tell you, there's not a better taco around than Rockaway Taco <laughs> yeah, at Taco yeah. Beach. That's, like, the one of the best tacos I've ever had. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, well, you're going to be eating, like, spam sushi or whatever. Yeah, sure. I'll do that. <laughs> like, yeah, obviously you can eat like super fresh fish and super fresh, uh, yeah, whatever certain types of produce. I think that like the red meat is probably a little more um, expensive there, so we'll probably be cutting that out quite a bit. Yeah, um, yeah, we're just gonna go with the flow. I think a big part of the move was finding like a healthier lifestyle too, because it's really easy when you when you have access to everything to, to pizza and bagels every day. Yeah, yeah. And just yeah. It'll be nice to be like, I'm going to have a salad today because we have lettuce. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, Leilani, the one who did my tattoo, she's, she was from Ohio. And she was implying that it's hard at first to only eat fish and rice. Yeah. And like, no dairy. Dairy's 
pain in the ass and right, expensive. Right. She's like, but it's definitely healthier. I don't really eat dairy anyway. I'm like pretty good about. I notice you too. You like when you um, got my barrage of beverages ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> that you uh, you brought out the almond milk, which is which is what I rock as well. You do almond milk? At oh home? yeah, that's all we do. I um, it, it's been a slow move into that, and I read that book, Eating Animals. Sure. Did you read that book? I didn't. I don't. Is you it going to make me not want to eat animals? I don't know. It, I became a militant vegan for three days, right? <laughs> <laughs> I got a, a vegan wallet. I fucking changed Rachel and I's uh, like Green Chef to vegan. Sure. You know, and then after that little militant phase, I was like, Nah, man. I this is. I'm gonna go get a cheeseburger. Yeah. <laughs> My whole life philosophy is like go with the flow. This, yeah, yeah. It's tough to be the guy being like, oh, excuse me. But <laughs> my Rachel enjoys it on the home front. So it's it's cool and it's become a part of our life here because we're in our apartment. So and then we got we got the LaCroix, peach pear, got you Bustella with the almond milk, and then yep. Matt and I shared a little Hawaiian vodka, ocean. Is that what it was called? Yeah. Ocean, right? Ocean. I don't know. Organic oh. vodka from Hawaii. It was it's, good. It's still, it's, it's sweet. It was delicious. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, that'll be good that's, that you don't really do dairy. I that's mean. good too, though, because like, especially like um, keeping like the home front on the health kick and using when you go out as like a, a splurge. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, I mean, people that do what we do end up out way more than you should all in, every night I'm if you and if you're not gigging you might be going to support somebody gigging or like going to maybe drum up another gig <laughs> like yes. you know it's like and then i work in a bar so like if i'm not gigging i'm in a bar and like it, it's easy to get you know if you can keep the home front like really clean and, and healthy it's it, good it helps a lot it's good know? for your soul yeah for sure yeah, no, I have been out. I'm going to stay in tonight. I've been out like so many nights in yeah. a row. It's like, oh, my God. So, all right. But before we, we haven't talked about your project with Sierra. I want to talk about oh, that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Talk about the road trip. And then, sure. Because you, you alluded to it. But I think as faithful listener, if you've made it this far, you're going to check out <laughs> yes. the Nightmare River Band and then this other project, which sometimes the machine might not find or something. You know what I mean? If you're yeah. on Spotify. Tell us about this project, because you're going to do some writing. Absolutely. Um, uh, Matt is going on a sojourn of a massive road trip before he leaves the mainland. That's right, yeah. So so we're driving cross-country uh, to L.A., and we're going to ship our car from L.A. to the island. Um, so we wanted to check off some spots in the country that we've never seen. So, like, I've seen most of the country from touring, but I've never seen the Grand Canyon, which is amazing. So we're going to go there. And do we're gonna stop in in Vegas, which I've seen, <laughs> but, but I would like to see again. Uh, and then, you know, we're I'll play a couple shows, and then actually, a big part of the trip is I'm stopping in Minneapolis, um, and I'm gonna record another EP with um, uh, my good friend Sierra Noble, um, who's gonna be driving down from Winnipeg to meet me in Minneapolis. And uh, we have an EP finished that's going to be coming out soon. The name of the group is Beyond Hope. Mm -hmm. uh, and we just started, you know, a friend of ours, a mutual friend had told us like, you know, I think you guys would write really well together. You should, we should get you guys in a room together. And this was, you know, probably like 
seven or eight years ago and we wrote a song and like it was that long ago yeah i, I made like i feel like that record came out in oh no it couldn't have been i think that album no, came right. out in like four years three 2014 years. so we probably wrote the song in like 2013 the first beyond the hope album no the first song we had a song that's on my solo album that we wrote together oh okay, and we okay. had such a fun time doing it that like you know after a while we were like why don't we we should Maybe write some more together. It worked out really well. And so I went to Nashville and we wrote uh, EP together and we self-produced it and recorded it up in the Adirondacks and um, it's ready to go. It's very orchestral folk, you know, um, similar to like a Lumineers or, you know, um, the head and the heart, maybe that kind of avenue in a, most we we both like share the I don't want to say they're duets I, I'd rather call it like a shared lead, um, and it's it's been a really great project. It's been a great outlet. It's uh, I think for both of us, it's just been this like really incredible journey where we kind of found this sound and created it together, um, one step at a time. And uh, we're really excited. We're going to be recording four more tracks with Will Farr in mm. Minneapolis. And, it's uh, gonna be great. It's gonna be, it's gonna be really good. Uh, aside from just making music, but like, you know, seeing everybody, cause we're gonna be converging on Minneapolis from different countries actually. Yes. And, uh, you know, getting together and, and being able to like, just dive into this like, creative zone. We have four days to essentially record everything before I go to Hawaii and it, then I'm sure Will has a whole home studio. Or are you going to go to his studio? He has like a space outside of his house. Um, so he has like a space somewhere in like a, um, uh, what do you call it? Like a rehearsal space that he kind of sound, it's pretty soundproof. Mm -hmm. And we're going to track a lot there. And he has his whole, you know, recording set up there. And I don't know if this will be the first thing he tracks live there or not. I think he's probably tracked some some stuff there already, but uh, it should be it should be great. And um, you and Sierra have done a lot of the writing like remotely, like via email or sure. Skype or Mo yeah, mostly on FaceTime. Um, we'll link up. You know, for a while we were linking up like once a week. Now we had we've been like a little lazy about getting together because we have like 15 songs ready to go so we're like all right we got to record some of these and then yeah we'll write some more but you know it's just such a fun project because there's there's like no pressure and there's no deadlines it's just like we're doing it because it's something we really enjoy and i think it comes off in the music that way too it's not like man we really need to get this done and get this <laughs> yeah. out and like it's just kind of we're making it on island time really yeah. like it's kind of like uh so I, but I, I think people are really, really going to like it. It's been getting really good reviews from our, from our friends that have heard it so far. And I think, uh, it'll be exciting to hear, hear what people say when we get it out. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Beyond yeah. hope. Beyond Sierra hope. Noble. Yep. And incredible artist in her own right. Fiddle player, singer. She's awesome. Right. Yeah. Here. She's just a monster. She's like world renowned fiddle player. Just shredder. Yeah. She's awesome like vocals. she's like one of those people. I, what little exposure I have to her, it's like uh, she's one of those people that music is like incredibly easy for her. Yeah, <laughs> she's just <laughs> like, oh, let me harmonize that line. She and you're like, damn, okay, word. Yep. Like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, let me play those chords for you. You're like, what if you? And you're just like, damn, this is like this is like 
in your blood. Like you're breathing music every day. <laughs> Watching her play fiddle is is like intimidating because like like she's played on some of my you know a couple. She played on one of the Nightmare River Band tunes, and I remember being like, "The song is really like lacking something." And she was just like, what if I did this? And I was like, yeah, what if you did do that? Yeah, you should probably. <laughs> it's like kind of amazing how, you know, in, in the way she's playing fiddle where she's like, you know, double stopping a lot of notes too. So it's just like, sounds like several people playing, but yeah. she's just doing it. And she's it's crushing. like, yeah, oh yeah, she, it's amazing. She's so good. Yeah, so I'll get like, to watch that next couple weeks from now. Yeah, you're just going to be sitting there and be like, damn. Yeah. Uh, should I, uh, put the bass part down or like, <laughs> like all right, uh, what can I do to help? Yeah. That's, and she played almost all the strings on the first EP. Like we just layered and layered. So she did a ton of her like kind of classic fiddling on it, but we also, uh, tried to, you know, overdub strings so that it sounds like there's a quartet at times or there's an orchestra and i played a little bit of upright bass to fill in the bottom but for the most part it's just all her and i would when we were working it was kind of like why don't uh why don't we were like so in sync when we were doing the record that i would be like i have this idea or she would have an idea and and like you said she just hears everything so well yeah. so like She's, i would ma- i would be like why don't we do this as like the starting note and then she would harmonize it like like instantaneous. 10 different ways that like sounded great and filled everything out she's like she, yeah she's her ear is so good her mm. talent is like unparalleled yeah <laughs> yes she's a serious beast that's fucking awesome we look forward to that beyond hope there's one song out there's a few um, few on videos or? out. There's nothing on Spotify, but we do have a couple live videos out, and we have a couple of uh, professional like studio. I don't know what you would call them, you know, in like studio official. Live videos, yeah, I did air quotes just so you know around official uh, official. I don't know what you uh, call them. <laughs> Some shit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then that's it. To Hawaii, it is. It's yeah. going to be great. I and my brother yesterday. He was just like, are you a millennial? <laughs> and I was like, I think technically we're the oldest. You were on, right on the edge. Yeah, we're like right on the edge. So it's like, yeah. I, just, I suppose technically we're the oldest millennial. And he was like, yeah, I just read an article that you guys are, are leaving in droves. And I was just kind of like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because I mean, like clearly we're in the gig economy. You know what I mean? We're two right. people who subscribe to yeah. freelancer life. So... And everybody's doing like the van life thing, right? But yeah. my real point to this is that I hope you do. I hope you do document it, like you said you would on social media. Oh, definitely. Not in like you know some pornographic you know island porn. I right, mean, I hope right. you do a little bit of that. You know, <clears throat> you drinking a mai tai at noon. You know. <laughs> hope you guys are good. Just got back from a session. Shredded the gnar, bro. My surfing's getting sick. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely I'm going to be on top of it. I you know, I'm going to up my game on some of the more like bloggish websites, maybe like on a tum- my Tumblr or something, which I really only used to update our website over the last like 5 years, but like just having like a constant stream so people can see what I'm doing in in the life that we're living and and aside from just 
I think it'll be kind of interesting. It, it, it's a way for everybody to stay in touch and feel like everybody's a lot closer too, which is nice. Like, cause we're going to be so far away that I know looking at like Instagram and seeing, you know, pictures Seth of my Berg. friends doing cool things and whip and work is going to, it'll make me feel probably a little sad that I'm not part of it, but also like that I'm not so far removed from it too. Yeah. It's an interesting thing, you know? Yeah. And, well, I feel like the people I know who have moved to Hawaii, they get amped up and then it just kind of fades because you're on island time. You're just like, eh, whatever the internet. <laughs> you're, you're too involved with nature. You know what yeah. I mean? I think. Oh, absolutely. And that'll be a unique thing when you drop stuck in New York and you're on island time. And we're yeah. still like, man, I got New York time. You know? <laughs> I don't know. I hope you make a new, new record there. You know what I mean? And I'm definitely gonna. We all look forward to watching your career and your writing Thank you, Paul. Continue to blossom and grow. No, I, I, I mean that seriously. It's hard for me to be earnest, but I'm trying to be. No, I know you're being earnest. I, yeah. didn't, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't doubt it for a second. No, I think. Uh, I want to wrap this up, too, but I do, you know, there's a, our dear friend, D-Bone. He, when he went to L.A. for four months, he wrote a bunch of songs that he never released. And they're too dark and too weird, but it's probably the best music he's ever wrote. You know what I mean? Well, I'm gonna have to uh, <laughs> prod him to. Hear you some have of to. There, there. He was in his ELO phase, and he just. Oh, wrote it. that's, that's like awesome. really cool music. So that's such a unique thing. You're gonna get to go there, and you're writing like in three years, when we get to look back in your record and look back at this moment, it's just gonna be like yeah, a whole different beast. So I think so. As a fan, I look forward to well, that. Thank you. Know? <laughs> it's gonna be. It'll be interesting to see what it brings out of me. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. I think so, too. All right. Well, thank you for coming here. Thank, thank you, you for having business. me. Thank you for being secret famous, bro. Secret famous. <laughs>
Yeah, that's a jam. Look at me recording the outro for my dude Daryl. He's like, bro, you gotta have an outro. It's an outro, oh, oh, yeah. Ooh, that's a fucked up chord. It'd be better if it was like this. Anyway, big thank you. Number one, first and foremost, I need to thank him more and more, is my main dude, Jason Wexler. I call him my technical director. I throw ideas around with him. He literally mixes this and masters it for me. I suppose I could do it myself, but it's good for me to have a teammate. I'm all about the camaraderie, the hang, you know what I mean? So him being involved with Jason Wexler, I love him like no other. Really, honestly, it goes Jason Wexler, then my wife. Than myself. No, not really. That's a joke. Wexler, you're, you're above me. Anyway. Uh, what? Dude? No joke there. Anyway. Whoo, uh, and again, thank you to Matt. Definitely check out all the tunes. Check out all Matt's tunes. Good luck to Matt and Roberta in Hawaii. Hopefully, Rachel and I, I'm pretty sure we'll see you next summer. I'll be in Hawaii, bro, right in the shit, you know. Your surfing's probably going to be so sick. You're going to be just, like, crushing a longboard, probably get your short game, shortboard game together, and I'll be, like, just dearly hanging on, trying to pop in on, like, some nine-foot Waikiki rocker. You'll be, like, crushing jaws into pipe. <laughs> you can't crush pipe. If you don't crush pipe, you can't get into pipe as a, a 30-year-old, you know what I mean? No way. But I, I hope you just, you know, smoke a ton of weed and surf a shit ton. That would be the best fucking thing ever, dude. Uh, yeah, hats, stickers, they're all coming. I know I've said that before, but they are really coming. Everybody have a goddamn most gosh darn excellent day. I'm sending you the best. Go make some music and go write some songs. And let's hang soon. Rock and roll!